Hi, I'm Sarah Pascoe, and you're listening to the Henley Festival podcast. You're here at Henley Festival mm-hmm. today. Do you have to do any kind of special thinking out in preparation for festivals in general? Um, you do. The gigs are always entirely different. Obviously, the audience is different, very different to the people who just generally come to a stand-up show. I was actually in Wargrave the other day, which is just around the corner, um, doing a gig, and so I kind of am familiar with this part of the world. But I was thinking I might do a drinking game during my show, yeah. because um, the show, I mean, it's not a very political show, but there'll be a, a kind of few things that might, uh, this audience might be much more Right, to the right than my usual crowd and I thought we could play a drinking game when I say something that maybe means they're not quite my demographic <laughs> and then we could all enjoy that moment and I'll take a sip and they'll take a sip and we'll all know <laughs> so by the end yeah. of the gig we'll all be, ha- we'll all be hammered no, oh, we might. we'll all have had about four drinks four sips of our drink we'll have finished a drink Hello, this is Matt Ford, and you're listening to the Henley Festival podcast. So are you aware that Henley is where uh, Boris Johnson was first an MP? What are your thoughts of playing in, uh, if you pardon the expression, Boris Johnson's old patch? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a great honour um, to be in the, uh, in the confines, shall we say. No, 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 let me just, for the sake of the record, make it absolutely good. I mean, I do, I do a bit of material at the moment about how he's always got... He's got sort of ten answers. He's answering ten questions at any one point. Is this the BBC? And do, the, by the way, the Labour Party and Jeremy Corbyn have questions? I, I think a chocolate hot dog would be my favourite. And I, you know, I mean, these ISIS chappies, what are they up to? You know, he's, he's, he's always got a million and one different things on his mind. So it's an honour to be in the, uh, in the, the old patch of uh, one of our biggest politicians. Hello, I'm Paul Zenon, and you're listening to the Henley Festival podcast. Or are you? So, Paul, first of all, have you been to Henley before and in what circumstances? Not necessarily as a performer, maybe even just as a tourist. Um, I haven't been under any circumstances before, actually, so I'm a, I'm a Henley virgin, actually, but, uh, but enjoying it so far. As we speak, there's a, a giant skeleton walking past the fence, which is not something I've ever said in an interview before. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a massive about it. how how yes, tall about well, three meter high. Welcome to my world of illusion. <laughs> Hello, this is Kerry Pritchard McLean, and you're listening to the Henley Festival podcast. I think though Henley is going to be the poshest group of people I've ever addressed ever. Oh, I was in court once, and it was just me and a judge. Maybe that's about the same thing. But yeah, I'm very excited. So, what do you know about Henley as a place? What does it mean to you? Um, isn't Boris Johnson, it's his constituency. Used to be. Oh, used, used to, to be. be. All right, okay, I'll let it slide then. Um, I come here once to collect a toilet. <laughs> I got a very specialist toilet. I've got an old Victorian toilet, and this ah. is the only place that somewhere down here made them. So There's a nearby town called Twyford, who were very, who were like, oh, you often see on toilets. I was thinking on the train when I wasn't getting here on it. I was like, why do I know the name of the town? And that's why, yeah. So I came down here to get a toilet, and I was, I was blown away by how beautiful it was. It's so good, because it is... I mean, obviously the name is a bit of a clue, but it's just right on the waterfront. It's an incredible place. Um, so, yeah, it's very nice, but it doesn't feel like scumbags like me should be here for very long. So I'll try and get out before it gets dark <laughs> so I don't lower any house prices. Hello, I'm Mitch Ben, and you're listening to the Henley Festival podcast. And Henley has that, I suppose, its uh, unique selling point of people all dressed up to the nines, looking incredibly flash. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my bow tie yeah, tonight. You, you seem to have neglected yours. I'm, 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 I'm seriously letting the side down in that respect, but... Uh, I think I think you know. He, what, Does that change your approach? It can't help but um, it, it's interesting because usually, on the one hand, it, 
you find it slightly off-putting because the only other time you play an audience that's all in black tie is when you're being dragged on at somebody's Christmas ball or something. <laughs> and that's usually a complete non-starter, but so damn well paid, you just suck it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're usually getting a good few thousand quid to be completely ignored by drunk people in Dickie Can Bush. you give an example of it? any examples of that that you've oh, done? God, well, I mean, I've done, I mean, you do weird fun. I mean, it, this one wasn't black tie, but I remember many, many years ago, doing some corporate function for some company that I think it was an offshoot of BT or something. And it was up in Manchester on the, on the, at the back lot of Granada Studios. And it was me and two other comics, and they put us on at midnight after the karaoke and the share tribute. But they were so drunk by the time we went on. And there, there is this idea, oh, don't worry, we'll get them nice and drunk. No, no, some inhibitions are good. And knowing which way the stage is is a very positive attribute in an audience. And remembering why you're there and not actually blacking out and throwing up on your shoes. You know what I mean? This, there comes a point at which an audience is just unentertainable. And they were way past that point. On one point, a guy passed me on his way to the toilet and was feeding himself along the wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he was sort of crawling along the wall with his feet on the ground, just sort of feeding himself along it like it was some kind of precipitous ledge, you know. And and I'm like, oh my god, we haven't got a prayer here. And it was, yeah, that was a complete waste of everybody's time, but quite a lot of money. So what are you going to do? Um... Okay, I'm here with Russell Kane. We're, we're backstage. The, the voice you hear laughing in the background is is a uh, young Amanda who's helped set some up this girl interview. Some has got backstage, isn't it? <laughs> but stay away from my night harachis. What's going ended. on, Russell? <laughs> it's just nice to be doing a gig where I can leave my night harachis out on my iPhone. I know it's going to be here when I get out. If anything, it's going to be upgraded. Like, <laughs> someone walked by, I saw a 6S, and I just, you know, I, I swapped it for a 7. It just wasn't right. <laughs> to work as a tour guide yes. in London as well. I've yeah. done a variety of jobs. Yeah, like lots of out-of-work actors, I've done lots of jobs. So if yeah. you were going to give any advice to the tour guides of Henley, what would you say to a tour guide? What have they got to do to keep people interested? Oh, I guess um, never. Well, they'll know this already. You never talk about anything you can't see. People don't, like, if you can't say there it is, or that's where he was, or that's where she did that, they just, it doesn't mean anything. So there's no use kind of going, actually, it's really interesting about our royal family, because they're, they're just like, so, like, point at a thing and go, it's that. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I guess, yeah, there's lots of um, kind of old, hacky jokes that you end up inheriting from the tall guys before you, that you Go think, on. well, you think, oh, no one will ever laugh at it, and then they do, and you're like, oh, God. So, for instance, and I said, this is one that would work for here, there's a, jo <laughs> there's a joke in London where you turn to the, what, one of the river boats or the river restaurants, and you'll say, oh, that's the, the Admiral there, it's a restaurant, and it's actually the only place in London you can get drunk on water. And they go, ha, 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 think, really? And they do, and they really laugh. <laughs> I yeah. really hope you try that one tonight. No, no. <laughs> no I'm past oh, it now, I'm past it now. If it's really going badly, that's how you'll know. So okay. we're like, guys, did you hear the one about the... No, no. <laughs> I'm going to go on in my jacket and instantly take it off. It's just too warm. Yeah, yeah. I'm a firm believer in you should be dressed roughly the same as your audience, which is why I normally go on in sort of no tie, not a posh, just a normal suit. So it's not like I've got a, bought a posh shirt and obviously completely wrong decision. So I've got 60 minutes tonight. So I've, I'm just doing that's what's called like a 60 minute set rather than a full tour show. Um, so I'll probably improvise for about 15 minutes. Don't know how many other comics done that. Paul Foot probably did that the other night. Um, so I'll improvise for a bit because it's just so much funny stuff here. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of when you think of Henley? What do you know about the place? 
well, everything. I, I expect there to be Thai police and a Swan Patrol, and there are both things. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, an actual Swan Patrol that's come on in, in your car, Monty. All the swans have been taken in in case they get offended by the noise. You are here on the Thursday of the festival, and an awful lot of people may kind of have empathy with what you've been through today because they probably do that journey day in, day out. What happened? How did it go? I Well, I went to Paddington, and then they said, uh, no trains from Paddington um, because uh, the signals are too hot. Um, and, of course, in oh, the winter, yeah. they'll be too cold. Um, so then I went to Waterloo, and then I got on a train, and it was it was like something you would see, you know, you know in like other countries where people have got chickens under their arm. It was like that. Um, and then I sat on the floor and pretended to have a panic attack over so I left Milo. And then I got to Reading, and then they cancelled all the trains out of Reading. And then I looked at the taxis. Uber was £90. I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, but I blagged my way into a taxi with a very nice businessman who paid for the taxi. Um, Bravo. Yeah, I know, I know. You, you've got to have a bit of the gift of the gab, haven't you? And then I got to Twyford, is that yeah, how you say so that? And then Jewel had, of the South. Yeah, absolutely. Um, except they had no trains running out of there either, so I got a taxi over. So it's been it's been quite the journey. It's been like Lawrence of Arabia trying to get here. So I'm here backstage at uh, Henley Festival with the Thinking Drinkers. Finally, then, guys. Um, and you're not allowed to. Use, let's let's presume the answer would be Moet and Shandon. You're not allowed to use that one as the answer to this question. What, in your opinion, is the perfect festival drink? I think the perfect festival drink um, is. I'm trying to think like a nice sort of three and a half percent beer that will you can drink all day responsibly, and it won't. And it just keeps you nicely refreshed. There's a bit of flavour to it. You can, uh, and it won't ruin it, ruin your evening. And then top it up with uh, a magnum of Moet Shandon. Enjoy yourself. 